Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. Any individual opinions expressed do not represent the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, some of the topics on this episode may not be suitable for general audiences. Coming up on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, it's Nef Canuck along with J.R. Horse. That's me to talk about the news of the day, including a snafu at a major anime distributor, our opinions about last Sunday's big football game, and your last chance to see me on Japanese television. Plus, we've got some snacks to taste test on the air, including my boxu box for Valentine's Day, which just arrived from Japan. All that plus the usual odds and ends that make this the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It all starts right now. Extreme Anime Radio. the greatest city in the world, broadcasting to fans of anime and the Japanese culture all around the world. Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We are recording this show live on February 5th, 2020. Thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us live or whether you're joining us on the podcast itself. I'm J.R. Horse, and joining me as per usual for every live show the man north of the border, the myth and the legend, Mr. Neff Canuck. Good evening. Myth? As in what? Myth take? <laughs> oh, oh n- nothing's a mistake up there. The mistakes are here in our country at the moment. No. <laughs> That's for another oh, show, I wasn't, wasn't going to go there. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a whole can of worms for another day, I think. But uh, aside from so that, too. how are you doing? You know, trying to keep juggling chainsaws, only dropping one occasionally on my foot as the days go by. Well, um, we've got an action-packed show. It's just going to be the two of us tonight, Neff, so I apologize in advance. I was going to say, uh uh-oh, you mean I have to be funny for an entire hour? Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, however long we're on the air tonight. Um, So this is the Extreme Anime Radio podcast powered by Anchor. At anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now TuneIn Podcasts is our newest addition to the podcast realm. So you can search for us on any of those by searching for the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. So once again, we are recording this live stream on the 5th of February, the first Wednesday of February. 
And uh, if you are listening to us tonight, uh, we're going to ask you to join us in the chat room and vote on our Baksu poll. You are going to help determine what uh, few snacks I'm going to be taste testing tonight. So go to Facebook, and if you're listening to us on the podcast version, you can go to our social media pages to learn more about the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. You can go to facebook.com forward slash anime radio. You can go to Instagram at Extreme Anime Radio, and we sometimes post on Twitter at Anime Radio. But on Facebook and on Instagram, we're running a little poll, um, so you can go to one of those pages right now, and you can see the top of the snack box that I received from Boxu. And it has six snacks, and just by appearance, I want you to vote on the letter, A, B, C, D, E, or F. So go to our Facebook page or our Instagram account, and then if you're in the chat room and you have not voted through any other social media means please go ahead and cast your vote. Later on, uh, when we have a break, I'm going to tabulate all the results, and we'll take our favorite picks and taste them on the air. I should mention that uh, the Sariyoshida cosplayers, those who are in our little group that we keep in touch with on social media, they are also having a say uh, with tonight's vote. So uh, looking forward to the results when we get there. Uh, two... Uh, particular snacks are out in the lead right now. Uh, we'll tabulate everything later, though. So, let's move on with our podcast, shall we? The big game. This is something we like to do every so often, even from the days we did the request show, and we did the nice little live banter. We're all sports nerds. And, uh, yes, the sport of sports, the annual football championship. We can't say the full name um, with the initials SB, otherwise uh, the NFL will take our podcast down. And everything, you know, that we own. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yes, what do you think of that uh, last-ditch comeback by the uh, good old Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I, I honestly, by the third quarter, I was really starting to sweat because San Francisco looked to be, you know, pretty much in control. And then all of a sudden, two things happened. One, the coach of Kansas City, Andy Reid, forgot he was Andy Reid. Because Andy Reid had a tendency in the big games to completely fall apart and, you know, be little pieces on the ground. Meanwhile, Kyle Shanahan said, you know what? I think I'd like to be Andy Reid this time. And completely blew out his own brains. So you, so you think it was all in the coaching? I, I think it was a good a good uh, part of that, yes, because there were some play calling, and it was just like, you, you, okay, did your Madden controller become unplugged, and you just randomly, you know, whatever? <sighs> Madden or Tech Mobile? Mm, I'd say Madden only because it's a little more sophisticated than Tech Mobile was. <laughs> just a bit. I had to, to throw that very, very old reference that only we would know about, I think, and maybe a few <laughs> of our other listeners. Mm. Yes, but any older, and you'd be referring to uh, one of the ads that I happened to see, because I did have access to an over-the-air American stream, of uh, Mr. Peanut, the Planters commercial. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I watched that, and okay. And somebody mentioned that the dolphin noises during uh, that particular thing 
were a last minute edit because of apparently a reference that was too close to uh, a certain other famous personality that passed away. Oh yeah, we we should editing. Yeah, we should. We I think we should touch on that a bit because I don't think we've done a live show since that happened. Correct? I don't think so. No. Wow. Kobe Bryant, uh, big big personality with a big big heart, and meant so much to basketball. Um, I remember when I was um, doing high school sports and college sports. That was the time when Kobe started to be a, a big force. Uh, played for the Lakers all his life, and also did a, a few stints, I think, with the uh, U.S. Uh, Olympic uh, basketball team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, my Kobe memory will only be the night he burned the Raptors to the ground all by himself. Eighty-one points. Blink, blink, <laughs> blink. What year was that? Whoa, that was some time ago now. The trauma of that is pretty fresh still, though, I must say. In fact, I looked that up right now because now I'm trying to remember that 81-point game, (laughs) even though I don't want to. The the date of infamy, January 22nd, 2006. Oh, wow. 81 points, all by his lonesome. And what was the final score? Uh, Let's see here. Oh, the headline on this particular article, Kobe Bryant savagely roasts Jalen Rose, the Raptors player, about scoring 81 points on him in this hilarious new uh, commercial. Let's see here. Uh, let me do, 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 do. What was the final score? Come on, show me the final score. Oh, <laughs> and you scroll through uh, Google results. Who was guarding Kobe when he scored 81 points? Answer, nobody. <laughs> Well, well it actually was it it actually was Jalen Rose, which is why, yeah, basically he, you know, took for Jalen Rose and yeah. Let's see here. It was a one twenty two to one oh four victory for the Los Angeles Lakers. Still somewhat close, I guess. Somewhat, somewhat. with an yeah, asterisk. But, <laughs> yeah, but if you wouldn't have had Superman all by himself eighty one points, the Raptors might have won that game. You know? If he had scored half, the Raptors would have won that game. That tells you something about how good Kobe was. Oh, yeah. Guy is going to be greatly missed. Uh, a lot of tributes have been pouring in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's really, really tough to turn the page from something uh, as tragic as that. Yeah, and, I mean, it was literally – in this case, I was sitting down to watch the – what can I call that? That game in, in, in Florida that really no one cares about before the big game, the week before? The Pro Bowl. Yes, okay, we can say that. I, was I think so, yeah, yeah. I was afraid we couldn't say that either. <laughs> Anyways, so, you know, I'm sitting down to watch that, and the, the news comes out. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, what? Because yeah. you could tell the announcers could barely believe it. I mean, they're trying to figure out, okay, what is this? Is this, is this real? Is it, is it a hoax? What's going on here? And I thought that was very telling because it's very hard when something of that magnitude happens as you're broadcasting live. It's sometimes very hard to keep rolling and providing the information from this event as it's unfolding. Right. So I think they did an admirable job. That would be Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane. Right. 
either one of whom may be replaced, rumors, if rumors are true, uh, before next season's Monday Night Football starts again. Uh, well, they, they have a... Uh... They have a knack of sort of rotating these uh, callers out every few years, right? Well, Monday Night Football used to be about stability, but in recent times it's been, okay, we'll give you a couple of years. If the ratings aren't great, you're out. And I'll say this. Joe Tessitore can at least do his job. Booger McFarlane, the mere fact he goes professionally by the name Booger, should tell you something. <laughs> I know what it tells me. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to make the joke. It's obvious. He's not my first pick. <laughs> Just to move on from uh, sports a little bit um, before we get to our next topic, Pat Mahomes, do you think he mm-hmm. is the best quarterback right now? Well, he has the Vince Lombardi and he has the MVP. Now, do I think he is the current best quarterback? Ooh, I don't know. But the problem is, you're colored in some cases by legacy bias, I call it. Mm. Because you have Drew Brees. You have Tom <laughs> Brady. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, every time I have to say his name, they just I get the I get the I get the Ralphs. You know, and those two alone, and then of course there's Lavar. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay. Lamar, not Lamar. <laughs> so, right. and it's like, okay, there are so many good quarterbacks. And like I said, for the first three quarters of that game, he wasn't, Mahomes was not that impressive. But like I said, around the end of the third, start of the fourth, they flipped the switch and he said, okay, I'm going to take this game on my back and run with it. Mm-hmm. Literally. Over half of the game was just him running with it, basically. Well, yeah, basically running for his life half the time, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, he made the plays that counted and a very good clock management for him, too. Well, yeah, that that's key when you're in a game like that because the minute you're not managing the clock well, things are going to get, you know, like fire, like a fire drill. You're, you're literally trying everything. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when you're trying everything, nothing works. That's just, you know, Murphy's Law writ large. Well, congratulations to the Chiefs for uh, securing uh, a long-sought-after Vince Lombardi trophy. Well, considering the last one was 50 years ago, yeah, I'd say they were about due. And you know what? Uh, I'm going to criticize the the telecast a little bit because, you know, I work in TV and I'm a little nitpicker. In previous years, what they used to do when it came trophy time uh, some NFL legends would process in with the Vince Lombardi trophy. That did not happen this year. Mm. Well, I did mention I thought that they were probably going to cut something like that for time because it, it seemed to me they were much more looking at the clock in terms of getting things done. Mm-hmm. Like, in other words, all the extra stuff as opposed to letting it sort of breathe naturally. Yeah, Neff did make the point to me when I brought it up to him that uh, the NFL had a lot of extra celebrations for celebrating 100 years. Mm, and again, that, that also chews time up. Uh, I'll make a comment that, you know, aside from the visuals, the audio, at least as far as my setup was concerned, was actually spectacular because I find often with sporting events, what happens is they do they pump a lot of volume into the background speakers the background noise so to speak right 
and the center channel, which usually has all the dialogue between the, you know, the color commentator and the, and the play-by-play person, you can't hear it. It's just basically buried. But Mm. the broadcaster of record, which I, I refuse to say their name because frankly, I don't like them. uh, (laughs) Basically they actually got the mix. I would say perfect. You know, you could hear everything and it was all clear. We had a, we, we enjoy the ambiance on the, the upstairs stereo speakers and that receiver and speakers, all the, they're all like 10 years old. They're still pumping along nicely. Well, heck, unfortunately, my receiver, you know, after 11 years had an untimely demise. So this is a brand new receiver, which probably helped a little bit <laughs> in the balance department. But uh, no, overall, I thought they did an excellent job. I mean, it helped with the ads, especially mm-hmm. because some of the ads, and as I said, I had access to the American feed, were quite entertaining. Others of them, I just sort of rolled my eyes and went, okay. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'd have to – there was one that stood out for me, but I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. I'll tell you mine, and it might be yours. Mine would have been the Jeep ad where they recreated Groundhog Day. Oh, yes. That that was one of my favorites. Yeah, because – not only do you get Bill Murray, they actually recreate the scene. The whole movie, basically. Yeah, basically that whole scene. And it's just like, okay, you literally redo the same day over and over again, playing with, you know, your new toy. The funniest part, of course, was the whack-a-mole scene <laughs> where Bill Murray turns to the gopher and goes, it's nothing personal, as he's, you know, bashing yeah. away on the friggin' thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, dear. Yeah. Very, very fond memories of uh, football, which are now gone unless you follow the XFL. You know what? I might tune into that. I'm going to say it's going to be a train wreck. I, I figure by week three, it may in fact follow the American Football League in a bankruptcy. But assuming it makes it the whole season, it'll be one and done. It's just, it smells of it. Pile driver off the second turnbuckle? Into a, onto a flaming table, and then with a coffin lid slammed on top of it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> wow, not very perspective in that uh, prediction there. Well, I sometimes call them like I see them. I could be wrong, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of money to put on a table. And, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think there's that much of an appetite for football. Flax in the chat room saying they they should get me to do Monday Night Football. I could see it. You certainly have the voice for it. It's been a long time since I called the sports game, though. Well, let me put it this way. You, could, you couldn't be... I would, I would say you do much better than Joe Tessitore does because Joe Tessitore makes a blade of grass sound like the end of the world. No, you, no not every play is the end of the world. <laughs> you have to sometimes just... It's a play. You know, let it breathe. If there's somebody that I actually admire because of his work, it's Kevin Harlan. Well, Kevin Harlan, I'm I'm sorry. You know, this is a man who, when a black cat runs out onto the field, <laughs> he literally makes him part of the broadcast and gets a sponsor plug-in. That is a professional right there. Of course. <laughs> Well, um, this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We thank you for tuning in today or whatever day you're listening to us. We're going to talk a little bit about Japan right now and things that come out of Japan. 
Um, including uh, for those of you who've been listening to us for a long time, you know I love Japan. I've been there several times, and on my last trip, I was fortunate enough to take part in an NHK program on the Japanese public broadcaster. Uh, the NHK World Japan channel is the international English language channel where you can watch a feed 24 hours a day. They air news uh, every hour on the hour and then special interest shows. The show that I was on is called J-Trip Plan, which has been around for a while. Um, and it is a show which features travel tips uh, for the ordinary and adventurous traveler to Japan. So I was featured in a short segment about traveling around Japan by trains, how to get around busy train stations. And I was uh, thrilled to uh, record the uh, segments and meet the uh, producers and the script advisors and whatnot and the directors that were all involved. And uh, it gave me a, an interesting look into how um, places are sort of borrowed for video shoots. Considering what your real job is, I think you'd find that ultimately fascinating because they just sort of, you know, that wonderful staging and just you don't realize it until... You see the finished product, you're like, it didn't look like that when I was doing it live. Yeah. It was just a, a simple, it was a two-camera setup with a lav, and um, it was a lot of skylight where I was at because it's Osaka Station, recently renovated, and it's got a humongous, nice uh, ceiling that's very high, lets in a lot of light. I remember on my first visit to Japan, or my second, I passed through the station. It was nothing like what I saw uh, when we did the filming. So it was, I think, the perfect setting, uh, modern atmosphere to um, to do this whole segment. And then uh, when we did the segment, um, we had the two camera operators who also set up my mic. But we also had to get permission from uh, West Japan Railway Company, JR West, and they had to have somebody there on scene to watch us do the filming. And then we had to have somebody from the company that operated the station building to also oversee things. Okay, that's a little bit of micromanaging. You're like, wait a minute, oof. Well, I have to respect it because that's how they do things over there. Well, that's true. I mean, you know, over here it's more like as long as you pay us the fees, we don't care what you do and you don't. As long as you don't burn the place down. Right. <laughs> but um, the video on-demand uh, service of NHK World Japan, that is something in itself. I'll explain in a second. But if you want to look up my particular episode, you want to, you can even search online. J-Trip Plan is the name of the show. And the name of the episode is called A Mystical Land of Myths and Getting Around Japan. Um, it aired a couple of times. Um, so on the first occasion, it was available on demand for a year from the beginning of 2018. Um, and then it got renewed February of last year when they were um, doing a whole, um, I believe they had, did a whole month of programming centering around um, Kyushu and Miyazaki Prefecture. And it just so happens the main segment on this J-Trip Plan episode was about Takachiho. And then they go into my segment about train travel, and I also ask a question about buses. So if anybody's interested, just look it up on NHK World Japan Video On Demand. Now, it broadcast, the last time it broadcast on the actual 
Air Channel was February 11th of last year. That means it's going to expire this coming February 11th, which is going to be this coming Tuesday. So from the time we're recording this, you have about six days to um, watch the show before it goes away. And then you can see how I looked uh, when we filmed this when I was in Japan last time, uh, over two years ago now. So uh, I know Neff's seen it, and... uh, yeah, you were were you kind of impressed by the way the station looked and everything? Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to me because the also what, what the amazing part was how quickly, I mean, I, I listened to the story and I did some research afterwards, how quickly the work was actually done. And I say this because uh, Toronto's Union Station, which is the rail hub for the city of Toronto, has been going under undergoing its own renovation, which is many years late millions upon millions of dollars over budget still isn't done oh it still isn't Uh, done i've been there a couple of times and i've seen the scaffolding all over the place yeah i think it's supposed to be next year Uh i say supposed to be with the same hope and fervor that yeah i don't believe that for a minute well they they should hire some uh, japanese consultants for sure well i think part of it is too uh, from what I understand in Japan, the rules around uh, when they can actually do the construction, in other words, not disturbing the neighbors, are a lot less restrictive. Mm. And that doesn't help either. Right, right. Well, in Japan, another cool thing is that uh, when they're ready for construction, they actually have a Shinto ceremony before they start the construction. Yes, over here, it's basically they turn over a shovel full of dirt. That should tell you something about the speed at which they'll probably get something done. <laughs> it's a shovel full of dirt. Yeah. Speaking of um, the video on demand, as I was talking about a moment ago, if you are bored one day and you want to learn more about Japan, I'd suggest you go to NHK World Japan and one, you either watch their on air feed for a few hours or you just dive into their video on demand and you'll have enough content on video on demand that you can watch to get you through the day or two days or three days or even more. There is a ton of content there, ranging anywhere from travel to food to history to politics to anime. Their um, their show that deals with uh, anime culture and whatnot is called Imagination. Um, they also have a show about Tokyo called Tokyo Eye. Um, they have J Trip Plan, uh, Japanology Journeys in Japan, and uh, for those of you uh, who are food addicts, uh, I would highly recommend Bento Expo and Dining with the Chef, all cooking shows. Oh dear, the shows that I look at and I just drool and I go, yeah, time for takeout. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nev, why don't we talk a little bit about something uh, that came out of Japan that is a bit uh, controversial. And this is the point of the podcast where, where we said at the very beginning um, some of the content may not be suitable for general audiences because we're going to be tackling a topic, well, I should say you know more about it than I do, that is uh, quite the chat right now. So if I understand correctly, a major anime distributor in North America plays an anime, streams it, and then after two or three episodes takes it away. Please indulge us. Okay, uh, I'll use the English name for the title only because 
the Japanese, for some reason, it trips over my tongue. Uh, interspecies reviewers. Um, basically, what happened is it was bought, the, the title, and several episodes were streamed and a dub was created. Now, the dub started with the first episode as three episodes of the subtitled version had aired. Um, let's just say either they didn't do their research properly when it came to what the title was about, or as I only semi-jokingly said, whoever bought this title at Funimation didn't know what a brothel was. And I'm sorry, but the minute you see the word brothel in a show description, warning, danger, Will Robinson, danger. <laughs> we started talking about it on social media, uh, on Twitter, and at one point, someone came up with a tagline. I think I don't know who it was. Uh, this is a show that was more, you know, suited for Sentai. And why that? Because as the tagline went, Sentai does the hentai. Because that's what the show has basically devolved into by the third episode. And from what I've seen and heard on social media, it's getting worse. Blink, blink, huh. Now... Yeah. Just, just let just to finish the thought. The reason this is a big problem is because Funimation and their app are available on multiple platforms, some of which do not have age restriction capabilities on them. Mm. And because of that, when they realized what they had, Funimation decided to play. We're going to completely erase this from our memories and hopefully from your memories. And you'll never see it again, at least not until it hits home video. Well, it's actually done worse as far as, you know, uh, the chatter about it than all the conversations. Well, there are other factors that lead to the outrage being as loud as it is. I, I will say this. Funimation should have known because, and I'll say it this way, Sentai actually restricts on certain platforms what you can watch on their catalog. Now, when you say Sentai, you mean Sentai Filmworks. Sentai Filmworks operating High Dive. High Dive, okay. Yes, okay. So if you were to compare the catalog on High Dive on the computer versus High Dive on an Apple device, such as an Apple TV or an iPhone, you will notice multiple titles are not available on the Apple devices. And if Funimation had done any research, they would have at least done it that way because the Sentai website or High Dive website does require you to sign in and certify that you are of an age. Now, I say that because they don't check. You can tell them you're whatever age you want. Right. It's not like they check. <laughs> but because of Apple's content guidelines on their service – that's where Sentai had to be more careful. I mean, some of the shows, I can obviously see why. One of them, however, I can't. That being Rail Wars. Rail Wars is only available if you watch it on the PC. Really? Yes. Then I'm going, okay, it's fan service. I mean, you let Infinite Stratos play on, on the Apple devices. Rail Wars is no worse than that. At least I didn't think so. That, that is an interesting I'm... difference there. Yeah. 
I mean, and one of the one of the shows they did restrict. Why the hell are you here, teacher? Let me be blunt. Even with all the digital pasties, blink, blink, blink at times, you, you end up going, okay. And the best part is that actually did get a dub too. Wow. So they found actresses and actors willing to actually, you know, do that show. Okay, then. It seems to me that um, it's really, it's becoming a little more difficult to kind of draw the line based on number one, the content coming out of Japan, and number two, social norms uh, at the present time all over the place. Well, yeah, I mean, that that is obviously a big problem because, you know, in Japan, certain things, no problem. They'll do, you know, they'll, they'll broadcast whatever. By the time it gets to North America, <whistles> nope, can't do that, can't see that, nope, we have to edit that, and away you go. So... I think part of the problem, though, for Funimation in this case was, I think, and again, this is all piecing it together from social media, some of it may not be accurate, is that most of what they saw was referring to the manga. And the mm. manga doesn't show as much as the anime does, which is rather odd. It's usually the other way around. Usually the, the anime is a bit uh, tamed down compared to the manga. But in this case, uh, the scenes were off-screen in the manga mm -hmm. with descriptions versus let's show it on screen, maybe heavily mosaic, maybe maybe the digital pasties. But if you can't figure out what's going on on screen, then you shouldn't be allowed outside unsupervised. That's how blatant <laughs> it was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, qu quite a strong opinion, and uh, we'll see where... Um, this conversation goes. I'm sure in the days and weeks ahead, uh, will people uh, have it still have it on their minds? I think. Well, I mean, I'll say it this way: a lot of it is, is I'm going to use a term, outrage culture. In other words, let's get mad at the newest thing to get mad at. Mm. So, if there's something else that comes along, yes, they'll get mad at the new thing, and the old thing will be left by the wayside. The problem is. I just hope it doesn't involve that same company because it seems that, you know, every so often Funimation tends to stand on, you know, a rake and get it in the face. Mm. And this is one of those times where, yeah, you not only stood on the rake, you basically, you know, splintered the rake and made sure that it would hurt when it hit your face with Ouch. picking up that show. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it will be a topic of discussion, I'm sure, as uh, as the weeks go on. Um, since we're about two-thirds of the way into the show, Neff, um, we've had a lot of interesting discussions so far tonight, but uh, the best part of the show is coming up. We get well, to the best eat. Part for you. Well, no, the best part for you, you get to eat. Me, I just get to watch you eat. Oh, gee. Yeah, Which this... is actually a nice... A nice, di a nice dieting technique. Watch other people eat. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a break for a few minutes. I'm going to tabulate the results of our poll, and then we'll get to see what snacks come out on top. And those are the snacks I'll try from the February Boxu box. <laughs> so we'll be back in a few minutes here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? 
How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah shout-outs on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Uh, he's Neff Canuck, and I'm Jr. So Neff, um, it's time. Oh, you know what? Before we get to Boxu, do you know what I got in the mail the other day? Finally, after it apparently sat at JFK for like four or five days waiting to clear customs. Oh, I think I saw a photo of that on Facebook. Georgia. I was going to say, and I was wondering why it sat there, and I'm going, because it was little metal canisters. That's why. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia. And that's what I posted on my Instagram with that song. Yeah, and I'm going, and how the heck did that get taken down for a copyright strike? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, it's actually one of the Instagram stories. You can actually add clips of music. Oh, okay. Because I was, because I, like I said, I looked and I'm going, and I listened, and I'm going, what? but uh yes uh, not only did i get the georgia emerald mountain blend from japan i also got the cans that had the gundams on it the cans that what okay show show and tell time sir show and tell i'm gonna have to step away from the mic because i don't have one in front of me (laughs) oh dear okay so i will try to you know potentially entertain people uh, while well, right. you go get a can, because I want to see this. All right, I'll do that. All right. So, folks, uh, yeah. So, basically, like you said, I, I, I want to see this can because I'm like, speaking of Gundams, and I'll tell JR about this when he gets back, uh, the Gundam Cafe in Akihabara apparently is going to be expanding to, I believe, to be uh, two to three times the size it already is. To which I reply, holy mackerel. Maybe somebody can actually get in there to actually, you know, have a uh, shot at seeing there because... When I was there in 2013, the chances of getting into the Gundam Cafe were about the same as me actually piloting a Gundam, i.e. zero. I was just telling them, JR, about uh, the Gundam uh, Cafe in Akihabara doing their expansion. And the fact that when we went by there in 2013, there were no way we were going to get in there. And let's see this. Okay, that is both cute and frightening. If you want to see what I mean, folks, look up Georgia Emerald Mountain Blend. You'll probably see what I'm talking about if you see any articles that mention Gundam. Mm. It's amazing sometimes that the tie-ins that these various animes have with items, and some some of the tie-ins are just okay, and others are like, 
there was just money changing hands, right? Nobody even <laughs> vetted this. Yeah, right. But uh, no, I got uh, I got the cans, uh, and they I got them at a good price too. And uh, I explained all about that when we last talked on our live stream. So, yes, mm-hmm. after finally uh, sitting around uh, for a whole work week, uh, clearing, waiting to clear customs, it finally bounced over to my place. And then, well, this Boxu box, I think, was shipped out a little more than two weeks ago and mm-hmm. uh, ended up uh, sitting in Japan for a while and then flying to L.A., when I got to L.A., it bounced to Wilmington, then to Philadelphia, and then to Long Island, and then to here, which is, I guess, how typical international mail goes over there. Uh, I was going to say that that was quite the bounce. <laughs> when I'm getting stuff from overseas, generally what happens with is it gets to Vancouver, sits there for a while, and then magically somehow appears in Mississauga at the sorting plant. Yeah. Anything I send to you, uh, almost the same, but it's kind of more uh, French-Canadian. It sits in Montreal for a while. Which I don't quite understand why it wouldn't go directly to Mississauga, but uh, who do I uh, <laughs> So anyway, um, as we mentioned in one of our previous podcasts, Boxu is a um, Japanese snack subscription service, part of a growing number of those subscription services now available from countries such as um, Japan, Korea, and others. So this uh, Boksu service specializes in sweet and savory snacks, a lot of them featuring uh, the sense of umami, or savoriness, basically. Um, And you can subscribe uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, I just go for the month-to-month subscription. They do offer some discounts for multi-month subscriptions, but they're not much... Uh, discounted compared to the normal subscription price. So I just pay the normal subscription price. Um, I did the tasting box uh, back around Christmas time, and now I have received the full classic box, which contains all the snacks that they send out in the month, including some of the premium ones. So we open the box, and it is, as I had requested, um, because I already tasted the, um, the first box. They give you an initial tasting box with all the Japanese flavors all around the country. So I asked them after I subscribed to Boxu um, regularly if they could change me over to the monthly box, and so they did. So I have received the February box, and the theme is Be My Valentine. So these are all sorts of uh, lovey snacks that can remind you of Valentine's Day. Mm, Yes, Singles Awareness Day. Oh, <laughs> stop reminding me of that, will you? Yay. I'm pulling out some of the uh, snacks here for our uh, perusal. So if you saw the picture on our social media accounts uh, for the vote, you saw that we had six of these snacks there. Um, actually, there are more snacks in the box than just that because the whole different layer underneath what you saw in the photo. So um, in this particular uh, tasting box, there are 14 different snacks, and you just saw six of them. I'm going to try to go through uh, what the six are that you saw in the picture that I posted. 
I had the, the six snacks labeled uh, A, B, C, D, E, F. Uh, the A on the top left is uh, well, it's a very popular character. And that would be the Anpanman character. Mm. Anpanman, the, uh, the children's superhero in Japan, uh, in a lot of the old, uh, very early um, childhood uh, shows, basically. Aha. Uh-huh. So it is um, a um, Anpanman Age Senbei. So it is a. Uh, senbei, a uh, savory fried rice cracker snack, mm-hmm. which is sort of like what I had in the previous um, box that I got. Uh, below that, letter B, are lotus root snacks. Uh, those are plum lotus root chips, plum flavor. Hmm. So I had a few interesting uh, reactions. Again, the uh, people voted by letter, just by appearance. So now I'm explaining what these are. Um, below that is letter C, as I turn to what letter C is in my book. Because once again, with every Boxu uh, subscription box that you receive, you receive a pamphlet, which gives you descriptions of all the snacks in English. So very, very helpful. Um, letter C, what would that be? That would be... Sakura shrimp-flavored mochi puffs. So you have the sticky mochi snacks in Japan. These are kind of like in puff variety. Tasting like shrimp. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, kind of a savory snack. Uh, let's see. We're going to go now to D, which is the top right in the picture. And those are Mugiko chocolate wheat puffs, a sweet snack from Osaka. Mm. So a nice chocolate-covered uh, wheat snack. Below that, we have letter E. Letter E is going to be the Hokkaido pancake, long de shot cookie. And I was going to say, I think that was the one I voted for you to try because I looked and I went, okay, that looks very interesting. So it's actually a cookie that tastes like a Hokkaido pancake. And Mm. then um, we go to F, and everybody was yelling, Taiyaki, Taiyaki, Taiyaki. Yes, it's a Taiyaki. Uh, Taiyakis are usually served hot, and they're kind of like pancakes or waffles, but they have hot red bean paste in the middle. So this is kind of like that, but only in a snack variety. Uh, It is from um, Shimane Prefecture, which I believe is somewhere towards central western Japan, if I remember my Japanese geography correctly. Uh, so it is a Izumo, no, yeah, Izumo, of course, Izumo. I, I see Izumo, so I'm exactly correct. Izumo no Enmusubi Taiyaki Azuki Red Bean. So we had uh, our votes come in. One good thing I'll repeat about Boxu is that if you do a monthly subscription, you do not have to pay for the shipping. The shipping is on Boxu. Um, if you commit to even a monthly subscription, just one per month and you pay every month, or you pay every three months, every six months, that sort of deal. Um, as I'm going to look to the results now, Neff, by pulling up my uh, what I have on my notepad, we had uh, no votes for the chocolate-covered wheat snack, letter D. No votes there. Uh, we had two votes each for letter B which were the lotus root plum chips. 
letter C, which were the uh, sweet shrimp mochi puffs, and letter F, which was the taiyaki. So, Neff, I think the snacks I'm going to try are the Anpanman, letter A, and the Hokkaido Pancake Cookie, letter E, which received five and four votes, respectively. Mm. Yes, as, as I said, I picked E because I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting. Won't kill JR, which is what we want to avoid, of course. Yes. <laughs> so, going, so the Hokkaido Pancake Lang de Shot Maple Taste, uh, you know what, I might do the Ampanman first. Um, because okay. I think the Ampanman is uh, more of a, a savory snack, as opposed uh, to the um, the Hokkaido pancake, which is more of which a sweet. Be, so I'll do the savory one be. first. So um, Ampanman Age Senbei. This is manufactured by Kuriyama Beka in Niigata Prefecture, and uh, these are. Uh, savory age senbei, fried rice crackers created with soy sauce and a hint of honey, according to the pamphlet. Umami rich flavor coats the tongue. So we're going to see if the umami flavor coats the tongue. Or is it two pair of pants? <laughs> Sorry, so, that was an old Looney Tunes joke. Couldn't resist. So it's got a cute uh, Anpanman uh, logo on the front. Mm-hmm. Um they're also known for like uh, ampaman, like um, pancake-like snacks, which are also tasty. But I'm gonna go ahead and try to open this up, and I can smell the uh, soy sauce flavor, so that's always nice. Hmm. Ooh, and then nice teeny bitty crackers. So I'm going to help myself to a couple of these now. Ampaman age senbei. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. It's going to go uh, yay on my scale, of our tasting scale. Remember, from worst to best, it goes um, bleh, meh, eh, yay, and woohoo. Actually, now that I'm letting the flavors set in, I'm going to give this a woohoo. The, I think to me, the soy sauce hits you first. Along with the rice, and then after mm-hmm. a while, after about ten seconds, then the honey gets to you, and that's probably where the umami flavor is. It's very delicious. You're making me drool here, boss. <laughs> well, you know what you have to do. You have to sign up for a boxu. You have to sign up in the middle of the month. So this way, we can get them together. Well, you might get the tasting box, the overall tasting box first, and then we can get your thoughts, and then we'll match up. You know. <laughs> I, I looked at the prices and I didn't quite gag, but I sort of went, "Ooh." Um, I don't know if you heard of Gray Snacks, but they were also like a subscription snack service that was very popular in the U.S. Um, and I paid ten dollars a month for a certain amount of like bite-sized snacks. Um, mm. Very delicious and very flavorful. But they stopped uh, distributing the subscription. They claimed due to increased post office charges. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, especially in Canada, postal postal rates tend to go from ouch to we'll take your firstborn to send a letter, thanks, <laughs> very quickly. 
let's see. You might want to get me on a podcast when I get it with that cake you wanted to try. <laughs> well, Shadkurt, um, I will mention this. Um, if you go to Boxu, B-O-K-K-S-U dot com, they do offer, um, subject to availability, they do offer the monthly themed boxes. Um, you do have to pay for shipping, but they are available subject to availability. So if you want to order this one off from Boxu, you can. You will just have to pay for shipping. So uh, keep that in mind. And Neff, that might be maybe a way that you can sample it as well. Yes, and I'm just I'm just looking. Okay, now let me just change over to our currency. And let me see here. I'm looking for... Okay, let's see. I'm t- Whoa. <laughs> Is our currency that strong still? Uh, let me see. Okay, if you buy a single box, it's $40 Canadian. Oh, if so you, it's the same you, as us, 40 US. What? I believe so. Okay, okay and I did switch to Canadian. Now, I'm just going to make sure by changing it to a different currency altogether and seeing what happens. Uh, you know what? I think that I think this thing, it says different currencies, but it's not actually doing the, the refresh. Let me try a refresh manually. Okay. You know what? It's still showing the, the – I thought so. It's still showing uh, U.S. dollars. Uh... I thought so that, because that did not make any sense. Well, I will vouch. I will vouch for this, Nev. At least based on the tasting box I received and based on the snack I just had, this is definitely worth it. It will save mm. me. It will save me the money I would spend on going to Mitsua, basically. I was going to say you save your gas and tolls, right? Uh, tolls. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my friend. That is a whole other other show, <laughs> especially because up here. There ain't no cap. You pay per kilometer. Oh, yeah. The good old 407? Yes, the extreme toll ripoff, <laughs> uh, which right now from the ends, the, from the first part of it to the end of the 407 controls, if you go during uh, peak time, $67 in some sense. Aye, aye, aye. And, that's, and that's with a transponder. Otherwise, you're paying... An account fee, and you're paying a camera charge. Mm. So you're looking at over seventy bucks. So, um, as we mull over Canadian tolls, I'm going to look up the information about the Hokkaido Pancake Langzhat cookie, and it is manufactured by Bonbon Seca, and it is a product of Hokkaido. That must be why it's called the Hokkaido Pancake Cookie. <laughs> Mm. So they basically uh, similar to the flavor or inspired by uh, the Japanese hot cake or hotokeki, I believe it's in Japanese, which is basically based off American pancakes. If you want to have a Japanese mm. hot cake, I would highly recommend Cafe Bar Honest in Asakusabashi in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that one, that video, right, Neff? Yes, I remember that video. And um, that the perfect setting, just enjoying it. This was my last full day in my previous trip to Japan, eating those hotcakes, nice fluffy stack, 
pour the syrup over while you hear uh, Brazilian bossa nova in the background. Well, hey, that, you can't go wrong there. <laughs> I mean, you could have Canadian maple syrup, but we'll not quibble about that. So this is a sandwich cookie, according to the uh, the brochure, with a maple and white chocolate filling that tastes like a pancake. And it's shaped like a heart. The cookie is shaped like a heart. How about that? Oh, isn't that precious? <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. The Hokkaido Pancake Lang de Chat Cookie. Oh, my God. Okay, he's falling out of frame, folks. I'm not sure if that means he's dying or he's that he's that enthralled. Oh my God, I'm getting watery. <laughs> You're getting what? My eyes are watering up. Okay, now, is that the good watering up or is that the bad as in, I'm dying here, help me, you know, send help? It's good and bad. Bad as in, I want to go back to Japan, damn it. <laughs> and good and good as in, this is exactly the flavor I tasted oh. on those hotcakes. Oh, wow. My goodness. I, I need a moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this, oh, is, this is what's called... Ca ca Catching the host off guard. I was going to say, th th that's more like a left punch to the face with a glove, you know, covered in broken glass. Pow! Oh, man, I got to go in here and see if there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. You're only getting little samples. I don't, uh, I don't think so. I think that was the so only get, one that came in there. You get, you get one cookie. Oh, that's just cruel. <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, you get this wonderful cookie, and that's all you get. But it was amazing, though. It was That was spot on, I tell you. Mm. I don't know. I know this is a radio show. I, <laughs> I don't know how, how I can express my truthfulness of being certain anymore, you know? Well, sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, wow. <laughs> Well, you can still order a February box if you want, folks. Uh, I mean, oh man, that that was that was awesome. Hmm. And now I'm wondering. Well, it's nine. It's uh, ten past nine when we're recording this. Maybe I should have one or two more snacks, and then we call it a show. Well, I would say go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said you're not allowed to have fugazisms on the radio. <laughs> no foodgasms on the radio. No, this is not that anime. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Neff, um, tell you what. I will let you make the next choice. Um, okay. We have already tried uh, on the on the list letter A, the Anpanman, and letter E, the Hokkaido cookie. So we have mm -hmm. B, C, D, and F. What would you like me to try next? Let's go D for delicious. D for delicious. Wow, okay. So in the popular vote, this is uh, what everybody else panned. So this is going to be the chocolate-covered uh, wheat uh, crackers, I believe. 
chocolate, uh, Mugiko chocolate wheat puffs. And they are from Furuta Seika of Osaka. Uh, chocolate covered wheat. Uh, it's kind of like puffed rice, but it's wheat. And it has a, ooh, it's a dark chocolate coating. It has a nice, it's a nice uh, quantity in here. I was going to say, it looks like a decent, decent portion. So, this is considered another sweet snack. Let's uh, pour out a few of these. They kind of look like coffee beans, but they're supposed to be wheat puffs. They, but they've got the shape kind of like a coffee bean. So, basically, it's like sugar crisp. Yeah. Coated in chocolate. So, here we go. Mugiko chocolate wheat puffs. Mmm. Okay, he's stuffing them in his face rather fast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I need to take a few of these. This is not too bad. I'm going to go somewhere between eh and uh, yay. I think, um, I'm not sure I... Yeah, it seems to me anyway. Okay, now I'm... All right, I forget. Yeah, first I thought it was more chocolate than wheat puffs. Now I can see the wheat puffs is just a little bit in there. Yeah, the dark chocolate is just a little overpowering to me still. Mm. It's not too bad at all, though. Yeah, dark chocolate. It it tends to be if they if they don't get it right, it comes across you know pretty strong. Let's put it that way. Right. This is though you know being dark chocolate something uh, you're meant to indulge in. I think. Oh my god! What happened? Ad for the Sonic movie <laughs> just came across my iPad screen. Are you gonna Whoa. see it? The same way I'm going to see Detective Pikachu when it hits pay TV. Oh, really? Okay. Actually, that ha- Detective Pikachu has hit pay TV. Okay. I should watch. I should watch that this weekend. Okay. It might. It might be an interesting way to pass an hour or so. <laughs> one more. I'm going to do one more before we uh, say goodbye. How about the good old Taiyaki? So once again, this is from. Um, Shimane Prefecture uh, in western Honshu. And this is uh, the Izumono Enmusubi Taiyaki Azuki Red Bean. Uh, another sweet snack. Um, the fish-shaped pastry uh, with a red bean filling. Sometimes they have custard fillings, according to this. I never knew that. Mm. I might have had... I might have had, like, a custard-filled... Um, pastry when I was in um, uh, Kurashiki on my last trip. I had a I had a pastry there that was hot and it was quite delicious. It might have been the custard. Hmm. But um, let's see. Uh, this is the mini fish. And I'm trying to open it and I can't. <laughs> Great. It's JR proof. JR proof. Hold on. Maybe I may... This normally a place where you can tear it open. Ah, there we go. Aha. Sometimes you have to look for the indentations. So I'm going to try to yank this fish out. Hmm. I'm going to try to yank this fish out. That sounded weird. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. That's all. Okay. It's so just the truth. It's just the truth. It definitely tastes, um, not tastes, but smells similar to the taiyaki I'd have, you know, at other places. So now let's take a bite into this and see how it tastes. Wow. Pretty good for a, a cold snack. 
There's a bit more of a starchiness considering the, um, at least to me, considering um, how they put this together. But I think it's got a, a good balance of um, the red bean paste in there too. I have to take two more bites of this, and this is definitely a yay. Well, he's he's eating it with a with a speed. It's like you know watching Sonic the Hedgehog eat chili dogs. <laughs> and I think um, so far, Boxu has had another winner with their subscriptions. Mm. So again, folks, if you're interested, Boxu B O K K S U dot com. You can buy them a la carte. Or you can do a subscription. If you do a subscription, the first box you're going to get is their introductory box, which uh, gives you all the tastes from all over Japan. And then after that, um, you'll go into their um, monthly subscription uh, boxes, wherever their themes are. So this one being a Valentine's Day theme. January, I believe, was a winter theme. And if you look at the back of the catalog you get a hint for March's theme, which I'm not going to tell on the air. It, 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 if they're listening, it wouldn't be fair to blab what they're planning. You should get the February box and see for yourself. Aha! Well, um, this has been a nice show, I think. Uh, uh, almost, uh, well, probably not almost, our longest show to date, I think. I think so, too, yeah. So um, a lot of ground to cover. Oh yeah, definitely. We've talked about uh, news in Japan. We've talked about uh, the big game. We've talked about uh, the news in anime, and uh, we've just had some food. Now, um, I think our next live stream is either going to be next Wednesday or the following Wednesday. Uh, we haven't confirmed it yet, but uh, when we do come back with a live stream, Neff, you say it'll be your turn to eat. Yes, because uh, I got a care package slash birthday package that includes various varieties of Pocky I have never tried before, some which I hadn't even heard of before. Really? Yes. So, I mean, there, there's the almond crush, which everybody knows, but then there was choco banana. Ooh. I had never, I have never tried before. And a different version of strawberry. It's not the standard strawberry. It, I looked at it only briefly as I was putting them in the fridge because, uh, pro tip, folks, Pocky sticks just out of the fridge, nice. It stays nicely on the stick, and you don't end up with a mess all over the place. I think I've so, seen Choco Banana, actually, in the stores. I don't think I've tried it, though. Mm. And then the green tea, of course, which I'm sure you've had before. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think there was one other one, and I can't remember what it was. It was just... Blink, blink, what? So it's like, okay. Well, it'll be Neff's turn to do a taste test uh, on our next live stream, which you can uh, find out about by following us on social media. We want to thank everybody um, who participated in our poll tonight. We really appreciate it. And if you would like to uh, follow us on social media, you can do it uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash anime radio. Uh, on Instagram at Extreme Anime Radio, on Twitter at Anime Radio, and if you want to learn more about Extreme Anime Radio's mascot Sarah Yoshida, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash Anime Radio mascot. Which reminds me, Neff, actually talking about Sarah Yoshida, mm -hmm. we had um, new artwork from uh, one of the artists of Sarah, uh, Yue Okinawa, who's based in Asia. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. who did uh, a rendition of Sarah Yoshida out in the open with kind of like a, a springish type theme. And um, I had hinted in a post that there was a bit of a secret behind that commission. Would you uh, care to take a wild guess as to what that could be? Hmm. I am flunked. I don't know what the secret theme would be other than perhaps the Sakura Sakura Blossoms. But other than that, I can't really think of it. Okay. If you uh, pay attention... um... On our um, social media outlets, you will know that one of our cosplayers is the very talented Floral Ninja-chan, who is one half of the cosplay duo Lemonade Pirates. She lives uh, out in um, a certain part of the country where um, a very popular attraction is a local plantation. So what we've done is um, I've requested the artist to do this, and the artist obliged. The artist uh, drew Sarah in the same outfit that Flora Ninja-chan last wore to cosplay Sarah with the black polka dots, Mm -hmm. and we put that Sarah dancing in front of that plantation near where she Uh lives. Very nice. And then I turned it into a poster and mailed it to her because uh, uh, she recently moved uh, to a new place, and uh, we made it a little housewarming present for her. Well, that's very nice. I'm sure I'm sure she'll enjoy that immensely. Definitely, she was very very happy. And uh, so yes, uh, the cosplayers all help out uh, to help spread the word, especially now with our podcast, and we really appreciate uh, their help. Um, and uh, everything that they do um, to support us. We would thank you all for your support once again. Um, And as I said, uh, either next week or the following week, we'll do a live stream. If you want to listen to one of our live streams, uh, follow us on social media. Uh, We told you what they were earlier. Um, And then we will post when our next live stream is going to be. Once we post that information, you can find us by going to radio.net or by going to TuneIn and by searching for Extreme Anime Radio. Now, TuneIn may have an entry for Extreme Anime Radio, which is our live stream. They will also have now a listing for the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, which is the actual podcast that we distribute. Um, If it's a live stream, we'll do it after the live stream. So... um, just look up Extreme Anime Radio on either TuneIn or Radio.net and search for Extreme Anime Radio and you'll pick up the live stream and then when the stream gets activated, you'll be able to listen to us. Now, next week, if we do not do a live stream, we will have a regular podcast that we will drop just like the last one. Next week, we will air, regardless of whether or not we have a live stream, next week we will air the interview um, with um, one of the Sarah Yoshida cosplayers, Dearly Cosplay. So be sure to join us uh, one way or the other for our next podcast uh, when it drops next week. So um, if you have any other questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints, as Neff would say about this program, 
You can contact us on social media. Once again, facebook.com forward slash anime radio. Twitter at anime radio. Uh, Instagram at extreme anime radio. You can send us a direct message that way. Or you can email us extreme anime radio at gmail.com. If you're interested in the Sarah shout out, we're still trying to pay out our bills from last year. Um, you can contact us for more information and we'll give you uh, the information about Sarah shout outs. And remember, mention the Extreme Anime Radio podcast, you'll get a discount on the Sarah shoutouts. So we thank you again for listening, and uh, we had a blast tonight, Neff, I think, and uh, can't wait to do it with you again next time. Okay, can't wait to deal with me? Ouch. No, <laughs> do it again with you. Okay, I heard deal with me. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, you know my tongue slips every so often. I can't help it, you know? Your it's not what I meant to say. Your mental transmission slips a few gears and, you know, the grinding noises come out, right? You reminded me in a subtle way that my birthday's coming up soon. So, yeah, thanks. That wasn't subtle. <laughs> <laughs> so, we thank you for listening. And until next time, uh, for Neff, I'm JR. Thank you for listening. And remember... Keep on listening to Extreme and Radio Podcasts. Be sure to join us next time. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Or good day, depending on what time. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Coming up on the next Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, our interview with Dearly Cosplay, a fantastic and innovative cosplayer from California who has portrayed our station mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Here now is a preview of the interview, where Dearly talks about how she first got started with the cosplay community. So I kind of fell into cosplay on accident, actually. I went to a con with one of my girlfriends. Uh, we went to uh, Anime Impulse, which is up in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I saw everybody dressed up, and it just looked like so much fun, and everybody seemed so happy and it, it looked amazing. Some of the people that came in costume and, you know, were in character for some of their cosplays and things. And after that, I was like, oh, my God, I want to go do this. <laughs> so <laughs> so I turned to my friend and I was like, can we go do this? This looks really fun. And she's like, yeah, OK. So we literally came home and just just I just started brainstorming things. And then, you know, one thing rolled into another, and I've been doing this now for, oh my god, I think almost three, four years now. I can't believe that time's gone by that fast. <laughs> wow, it seems like you're having a wonderful time with it as well. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's, you know, I mean, it has its, it has its challenges. You know, I'm not a... I'm not a very good seamstress or anything like that, but I mean, through cosplay, it's taught me a lot of different techniques and crafting skills and stuff, and it's kind of a nice thing to do uh, just outside of work that's, you know, something for yourself and then also something you can share with other people because, I mean, once you finish something, you're so proud of it, you want to go share it, right. and it's it's so much fun to be able to be a part of this community and and share with everybody. Listen to more from Dearly Cosplay on the next Extreme Anime Radio podcast coming the week of February 10th. Extreme Anime Radio.